everybody. You're listening to the show before the show, and this is Armando Torres. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! Uh, we've got a great episode for you, depending on your outlook on therapy, I guess. <laughs> um, no, it's a really fun episode. It's Paige's week again. Uh, we had a great time. Loved it. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. But before we get into the episode, we've got some news and reviews. <laughs> Uh, as you for sure know, we have a Patreon now. Uh, it's super great. It's a really fun time. And for just $5 a month, you get... Access to sweet, sweet bonus content. Bonus, you hardly know us. Hey, hey. what are you, my... Kind of like this episode? Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> Uh, you also can get a lot of other super awesome rewards. And to hear about all of our rewards, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Uh, we also have some five-star reviews. Five stars. This first one comes to us from Kitten Menow. Menow. It's like Kitten Meow, but it's got an N in the middle. Hmm. Kitten Me Now. Oh, kitten me now. Yeah, you gotta be kidding me now. Damn it. Oh, I thought they were saying, like, kitten me now. (laughs) Give me kitten. (laughs) Beer me. (laughs) Lord, beer me kitten. Uh, And the subject is, you guys are great. This is one of the best podcasts I've listened to in a long time. A live show in Louisiana would be awesome. And we probably have gator lawyers. I mean, I'm down to go to Louisiana. I'm always down to go to Louisiana. If you don't bring your gator to this live show, I swear to Jesus. Oh, my God. If you have a gator, bring it and be like, I don't fucking make your gator look like uh, Anthony Hopkins in uh, uh, fucking uh, Silence of the Lambs. That's his name, Why? Right? <laughs> what, like, propped up on a, a dolly with yeah. a mask? Yeah. <laughs> like Hannibal Lecter? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to just bring a gator. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is my uh, this is my therapy gator. <laughs> he helps me calm the therapy down. therapy gator's just like, hello, Clarice. <laughs> what's your, like, what's your issue? Why do you need one? Well, I'm really terrified of therapy dogs, so he helps a lot. <laughs> By eating them. <laughs> this next one comes to us from Taylor Ray, baby. And the subject is Yaz. Uh, it says, I've been driving across the country alone for days, and this podcast has satisfied my need for human interaction. Oh, honey, oh, no. we're not real people. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm a hologram. Not weird at all. I'm a little freak for cult culture. <laughs> Everyone's got their thing. Not to kink shame. Honestly, what a great way to become independently wealthy. Am I right? Let's start a cult. I've been cultivating ideas in cultifying ways. Cultify me, Captain Ron L. Hubbard. (laughs) I was thinking the other day that we really missed the mark on our Patreon by not naming it the L. Ron Clubbard. Oh, (laughs) Oh, shit. All right, shut it down. We're starting over. Shut it down. Uh, I'm trying to be a cultinaire. Thank you, Taylor. That's awesome. Uh, I liked your frequent use of the word cult in many different ways and five of them made sense to me um yeah i think i'm ready to get into this episode you guys i am hello hello okay whatever sorry i didn't hear their sex (laughs) (laughs) don't drink the cool 
purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these, these are, are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! And it's my week! It sure is! Are you excited? <laughs> I'm yes. excited. So this week we are covering the Sullivanians. What? The, the Sullivanians? Sullivanians, like the name Sullivan and then Anians. Oh, this is that <laughs> that group of people who worship uh, Sully from Monsters, Inc. No, and frankly, that would be more acceptable. <laughs> Are they wow. all named Mike? <laughs> no, but I'd be down for that, too. Yeah, well, as long as no one uh, is reading my fan fiction, then... These we'll are these are people that all want to worship the plane that Sully Sullenberger landed <laughs> correctly. I guess oh, it, no, I'm kidding. It makes sense that Armando would have Sully fan fiction because it's the only other person his size. Yeah. Oh, true. If I shaved a dog and put its fur all over me, I'd look like Sully. From... We could make you a dress out of bath mats. It'd have you to be like find a, a dog that big. It'd have to be like a blue dog too, so it'd have to be the dog from Blue's Clues, whose name I think is Blue. It is blue. <laughs> You're a monster. Wow. He's just trying to get the mail. <laughs> oh man, are you guys ready to get into some sources? Because I, I don't want to say anything else and spoil the fun, because it's gonna get fun. Yes. All right, so our first source is the International Cult Studies Association, uh, their article on the Sullivanians. Uh, specifically, they cover one member and what she's been doing recently. Ooh. Um, then the book, Misunderstanding Cults, Searching for Objectivity in a Controversial Field by Amy Siskind. Amy was in the cult from the time she was 13 until the cult dissolved Ooh. and has written both this book and then another article that I'll cite in just a second about the subject. It's very interesting. She doesn't really do it as like a tell-all book. It's more of like a philosophical thought experiment on how cults happen. It's a tell-some book. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I also like that uh, I feel like we should sue her because misunderstanding cults is kind of our deal. <laughs> Episodes our, like 13 to thing. 25 or something. Yeah. What happened to misunderstanding? No? Okay, I'm done. I don't even I'm know what you. song you were making fun like of. Like Miss Independent? The Kelly oh, Clarkson? Oh, you mean like, what happened to misunderstanding? Yeah, okay, yeah I got but you. like in a I good voice. You. In the last <laughs> episode, you started singing laser eyes. But you <laughs> were so... you and my face is fried. But you were so off pitch that it just sounded like this. Laser eyes. <laughs> and I could not understand what bit. For a hot bit. second, when I heard laser eyes, I thought you were singing that song from Sound of Music, Edelweiss. And I was like... Anyway, moving on. 
Uh, our next source is Madness and Evil, a review of the Sullivanian Institute slash fourth wall community. The relationship <laughs> of radical individualism and authoritarianism also by Amy Siskind. Okay. Um, that was on a specifically Marxist website. There's a lot of Marxism going on in this week. Ooh, I'm listening. I didn't say successful Marxism. Oh. You also didn't say if it was pro or anti-Marxism. Uh, th- this article is from a pro-Marxism site. Okay. Uh, this group may not be the most successful example of Marxism. That's fair. My uh, my old uh, uh, stepdad's name was Mark, and so I'm anti-Markism. I don't know if that's the same <laughs> thing or not. Also, that guy was a huge communist, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, then we have the article Sex with Patients Revisited from Psychology <laughs> Today. Oh, oh my God. No. They, got, they had to revisit it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Sex with Patients, the remix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foreshadowing. Uh, then we've got some of the text of the Hippocratic Oath. Then we have the New York Times article, Custody Case Lifts Veil on a Psychotherapy Cult by Tamar Lewin. Uh, we've got a blog by a woman named Tess Kehoe called The Sullivanians. She's at Penn State studying, I believe, uh, psychotherapy, I would guess, because that's the basis for this cult. And then we finally got the New York Post, How a Psychosexual Cult Tried to Tear Apart My Family. Wow. Damn. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. There's one more. Gothamist, Inside the Rise and Fall of a 1970s Upper West Side Cult. Straight up. I'm so excited. Based on just the titles of these articles, I'm so excited for whatever is coming. I, me too. Um, it's in- definitely a doctor if I'm reading the articles <laughs> correctly. Well, that's part of the problem uh, yeah. because not a real doctor in sight. Um, no, it's like they all took the hypocritical oath. Ay- oh, hey, hey, um, more like a mm, hypothetical oath. There you go. Uh, a lot of this is going to be consenting adults. But when they start controlling children, that's going to be their undoing. Ruh-roh. We'll get to it. Uh, I was surprised at how not terrible, <laughs> like still terrible, but I was expecting way worse. Word. So, you know, just given the way this show goes most of the time. It's uh, for a, a good analogy would be 7-Eleven pizza. It's like I was expecting way worse. Yeah, 7-Eleven pizza is not bad. Yeah, it's still terrible but it's not as bad as i thought it was gonna be it's basically it's frozen pizza yeah it tastes exactly like frozen pizza well i don't i just i always when i heard 7-eleven pizza i thought it was gonna be a pizza made just of stuff you can find at a (laughs) 7-eleven like the crust is white bread and then the tomato sauce is ketchup and the cheese is just very finely ground cheetos and then the the pepperoni is uh slim jims god this is a feasible thing you could actually make this sounds like a prison pizza yeah this is part of me i'm just like i wonder what binging with babish could do with that just give him that list of ingredients and just be like play chopped motherfucker let's watch it and the way you bake it is by putting it in an empty lays bag and running that under hot water because that's how they cook things in prison you don't want to just leave it in the parking lot for a while and see how it goes just hot on that blacktop sunbaked jesus christ yes i made myself sick with that description okay i thought you meant just like by eating things out of lays bags that had been boiled in water well if it's in a 7-eleven parking lot i'm not gonna (laughs) let it go gotta get my niacin somehow (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. So our cult leader today is Saul B. Newton. We don't know. <laughs> Saul B. Newton. Saul B. Newton. I don't know much, but I know that Saul B. Newton. Uh, he was really into newts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was he okay. a wizard? <laughs> kind of. More like a jizzard. We'll get to it. Oh, no. Uh, so his original name, his actual name is Saul B. Cohen. Uh, he changed it to Newton later on. I'll, I'll get to it. We're not entirely sure why, but he grew up in... Sh- You're not sure of the gravity of the situation? Hey, <laughs> hey ho, hey. There's a Newton joke right I will there. take my check now, Nobel. Oh my God, you went to school. That's who gives out the prizes, right? Nobel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good job. <laughs> uh, Saul grew up in St. John, New Brunswick, which is in Canada. Nice. He was born into a vat of poutine. Oh. <laughs> I figured. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I As all po- Canadians are. Poutine and adorned- is, is just the placenta of the Canadians, correct? <laughs> I assume his mother was a moose and his father was a <laughs> bottle of maple syrup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel and like this that's is my grandfather, fair. a nice brisket. <laughs> And this is my grandmother, some beaver. (laughs) Whoa, we do not talk about her that way. (laughs) She is Mrs. Beaver. Damn, how dare you? (laughs) She's not just a piece of tail. Jesus Christ. Blowjobs are a little toothy, though. (laughs) Coming up with another punchline is like pulling teeth at this point. I cannot believe you guys. What? Because I'm not in wood. Come on. <laughs> That's a stretch. I See, I talked myself out of saying that she was going to gnaw on somebody's wood, and now I'm feeling like I should have gone in for well, it. Well, if she did, we wouldn't have any of these other fucking Canadian babies running around. <laughs> right, right. Then, as a young adult, he attended the University of Wisconsin. Oh! From the Midwest of, of North America to, to the, the Midwest, Midwest of, of America. North America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which one? Madison? Uh, does not say. They're all the same. They're not. Madison's the only good one. Oh, yeah? Well, this was also in the 1930s. Oh, so he basically just went to DeVry is what you're telling me. (laughs) Probably not. It was probably better than DeVry at the time. Yeah, maybe. Um, He later moved to Chicago where... He fell in with kind of a radical crowd. Uh, He went to the University of Chicago. (laughs) And remember, this is pre-World War II. He got super into communism and anti-fascism. Oh, that kind of radical. That kind of (laughs) radical. I thought you meant all his friends were hitting sick kickflips. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, He... Hey, Nudie, you want to go to Santa Monica with us? (laughs) Radical! (laughs) No, uh, th- this is more like into communism before it was cool. <laughs> hey, Newton, do you want to give the means of production back to the people? <laughs> Radical! <laughs> so he allegedly, and there's some debate on this because I found two or three different variations of the story. Uh, he claims to have served with uh, the Mackenzie Pepino Battalion of the Abraham Lincoln Brigade in the Spanish Civil War under his original name, Saul Bernard Cohen. That sounds like he started making something up and didn't know when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, like looking around in Applebee's like, yeah. Pepion, 
Abraham Lincoln it's, Spanish. He got to War. like the eighth word and was like, "Do you are you not convinced yet?" <laughs> <laughs> um. So I know more words. I went to the University of Wisconsin. <laughs> Come um, on. <laughs> a couple of the articles I read basically claimed that like he used to tell everyone that he fought in the Spanish Civil War and it was like a big deal, but allegedly he was a payroll clerk for the army. Oh, <laughs> okay. one of those Stolen valor. Stolen valor. I mean, I mean he's in, probably he's in the army. He's just a desk jab. Yeah. Um, he was then, he after the war finished, he got out of the army, but then was drafted back in in 1943 for World War II. Um, after the war, because he at 1943, he's joining at the tail end. Uh, he went on to study psychotherapy, however, did not obtain a degree. He basically got super into politics and psychology, kind of like a hobby, but he was like super into it as a hobby. And for some reason in like this time period, that was enough. I don't know why people thought that was okay, but like. He actually studied well, with an institute despite not having an actual degree. At the time, wasn't psych- the concept of psychotherapy a fairly new science? No. Really? Because Sigmund not Freud was like what? 1800s. Oh. Yeah, so, I mean, not 18, not fully, but far before this. Let me get you an exact date. Because at this time, they're like giving lobotomies and shit, right? Yeah, they're still very much giving lobotomies. Uh, Sigmund Freud was born in 1856, practiced from like the 1880s through the 1930s. So Sigmund Freud had already been practicing for a long time before this. So this isn't a new field. Um it's not I mean it's a much more popular field at this point where it's becoming slightly more normalized Um, because we're going at this point into the mid 50s if you watched Mad Men in the very very first season which is supposed to be like 1960 1961 um, Betty is constantly asking to go see a psychotherapist because she has anxiety issues Mm -hmm. Um, and that's considered taboo but it's not unusual in fact it's considered popular at the time so this isn't like a new thing it's a super common thing and for some reason just not very well regulated gotcha so this is also right around the time that um masters and oh god what's her name this is gonna drive me nuts oh i thought this is gonna be an snm thing (laughs) No, Masters and Johnson. This is right around. <laughs> the- <laughs> it is an S and M thing, <laughs> kind of. Um, so this is right around the time when Masters and Johnson start doing their research, okay, into both psychotherapy and the biological sex- sexual response. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what good names for researching sex? Their huh? their book is basically called the Human Sexual Response. They were some of the first people to discover that women could have orgasms. <laughs> like, it had never been a thing before. People didn't believe in it. They still don't. Yeah. Fuck history. Yeah. I think if you Google G-Spot, the the top one result it was like, G-Spot is a myth. And it's not. It's the Grafenberg spot, and it's actually a wide-ranging set of nerve endings that are very, very real. Yeah, if you want to find the G-spot, all you have to do is put your face next to a vagina and then say, I respect you. 
or you have to pick the right goblet so that the old knight <laughs> lets you escape the temple without dying but kills the Nazis that have been following you the whole time. Yeah. They say that a woman is born with all of the cups in her cave. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and like 12 Shankara stones <laughs> that she'll I, ever have. I thought you life. just needed the right flaming sword. <laughs> oh. Shouts out Cyrus Teed. So in 1957, Newton and his relatively new wife at that time, Dr. Jane Pierce. Now she is kind of a doctor okay um her her doctorate is in like esoteric medicine and things like that so it's a doctor that may not hold up under modern scrutiny but at the time she was technically a doctor okay um i've taken a cpr class am i also a doctor no um but they together founded the sullivan institute for research in psychoanalysis in 1957 and in new york now, they had both previously worked at a place called the William Allenson White Institute. This is where they were working, him not having a doctorate, possibly still in school, though, and her having a doctorate. Um, they worked with a researcher named Harry Stack Sullivan, who was a founder of that institute and was Harry, stacked like a brick house or yeah, something. I don't know. You got Harry Stacks, bro. <laughs> Um, they, he basically studied the way that individuals interact with the world. He basically believed that most medical or mental ailments are compounded by the ills of society, if that makes sense, where it's kind of like, if you are already having difficulties with your mental stability, having to interact with society in a negative way can only make it worse. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah, he he basically... If you're ever feeling good about the world, just try and go maneuver around the parking lot of a Target. Yeah. You'll hate humanity after that. Yeah. Yeah, he basically is positing that because you take on some of the energy the psychic energy of the people around you it can make you worse Mm. and in i I don't mean that in like a hippy dippy way i mean that in a it is emotionally exhausting to deal with society at large on a regular basis 100 percent. but he also held that the opposite was true and that loneliness is one of the most painful human experiences and can compound existing mental illness particularly schizophrenia Mm. yeah so basically this idea of being on the outskirts of society and not having close-knit societal relationships so basically being on the receiving end of everything bad about society without having a support system will compound basically mental illness which that's yeah duh they just didn't know this at the time (laughs) yeah that's i agree fully with dr furry balls yeah uh Unfortunately, sorry. (laughs) uh, Even though uh, Saul and his wife Jane's institute was named after him, they totally got his teachings wrong, and they had worked with him for years, and were just like, "Yeah, clearly he meant that the nuclear family is everything that's wrong with mental stability today." 
What? Yes. That's not what he said. That's not what he said at all. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Page Institute of Cheese. Lesson one, it's awful and we hate it. Lesson two, the moon ain't shit. (laughs) Because the moon is big ass cheese. Yep. Yep. So he basically viewed traditional family ties as the root cause of mental illness. And he basically decided that the cure was to live a non-monogamous lifestyle. Now, I do want to pause at this point and say, if you are a consenting adult that has chosen to live a non-monogamous lifestyle, that is up to you as long as all parties are consenting adults. This is not supposed to be an indictment of your kinkitude. This is more just in the case where it was forced non-monogamy, not great. Yeah, because what this guy is saying is, kids are making me crazy. I got to fuck. Yeah. Uh, so that's what he and his wife's institute was founded on. Basically, this principle and of she like, was down? peeps gotta fuck. Oh, yeah. She was down to clown? She was down to clown. Oh, my God. Family. Yeah. yeah. Now, remember, this is 1957. So at this point, they are heading into the 60s. Like, yeah. prime time if you want to bone some strange. Like, if you want to get this your dick wet, this strange. is like the time. When yeah. was acid starting to be like a thing? Right about yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> checks out. <laughs> And this is also New York. Yeah. Yeah. So we took this acid and they made me realize that like we're all just kind of part of one thing and like I can't own you and like you can't, can't own, own me. Fuck, dude. You're making a lot of sense right now. Did you go to the University of Wisconsin? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as the 60s went on, their cult grew to 500 members on the Upper West Side. And they didn't necessarily have a centralized commune, but they would all live in separate apartments together in the same neighborhood. Hmm. So as people would move into that neighborhood and be like, wow, this place seems groovy, they'd like, you should come over to our place. Swinger culture. We got mad orgies and also lectures on the dystopian family unit. Like, it's real great. Oh, you guys sound radical. Yeah. So... They started to call themselves Sullivanians after Sullivan, the guy whose teachings they were getting completely wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they were forbidden from being in exclusive relationships. Okay, that's weird. Right. Completely forbidden. And they were encouraged to have sexual relationships with each other, including and especially definitely not limited, including their therapists. Oh. That's not healthy or good. Yeah. So as Psychology Today <laughs> says, uh, the Hippocratic Oath prohibits not only sex with patients, but also sex with anyone in the household, quote, free or slave, because the Hippocratic Oath was written hundreds of years ago, uh, back when slaves were still around. Um, what I I mean, is- they are still around now, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's not good. Yes. What I think is funny about the situation, not the slavery situation. You kind of backed me into a corner here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I like the situation where Newton can call somebody into his office to be like, hey, uh, Michael, come in. Thank you. Have a seat. It's come to my attention that um, you're not fucking enough, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I explicitly, your homework states you have to go home and fuck three people now. See, I'm just picturing two people in bed smoking and one of them just turns to the other and is like, and how do you feel about that? (laughs) (laughs) I just like to a couple who's just been hooking up with only each other for a week and they're just like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this. (laughs) (laughs) What if someone sees? I've been in here three times this week. Monogamy. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) 
Uh, Call me a dirty wife. (laughs) Call me somebody else's name. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me you have feelings for me. I don't know. (sighs) Now, as I mentioned, the Hippocratic Oath prohibits this, and it has prohibited it for hundreds of possibly even thousands of years okay um well he's only kind of a doctor so yeah, he's like uh the hippocratic oath actually and just if you are unfamiliar with it uh you know familiarize yourself it's what doctors take uh so it's a code of ethics and it's an oath taken typically by p- physicians but anybody so like a marriage and family therapist will often take this but also a psychotherapist a psychologist most of them take this oath um it's basically a medical ethics oath, and the most important part of the oath is this phrase, primum non nocere, first do no harm. Hmm. That's the part of this where fucking your patients falls under. Because you can't prove that it's helping them, but you also can't prove that it won't hurt them down the line, and it's a breach of trust, basically, is the understanding. Well, it's actually... Uh Previum nosum leviosa. In 20th century psychiatry, again, uh, as Psychology Today states, uh, there are many important figures who violated this oath as part of their study, including Carl Jung, uh, Bruno Bettelheim, I can't say that, uh, and Karen... Horne, which is <laughs> I didn't make that up. That's just her name. But I feel like I know why she violated that. She oath. sounds like a like a like a sex offender Pokemon. Karen Horne. <laughs> it's not her name. It's her mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Uh, first do no harm why harm was great <laughs> i'll do whoever i want um now what this psychology today article actually references is that about 40 years ago the 70s uh this behavior was actually not super uncommon hmm. um a 1973 study found that about five percent of psychiatrists and other physicians acknowledged that they had had sexual intercourse with patients. Damn. By the early early 1970s, it was actually being recommended as therapeutic by some experts. No. Also in the study, they found that 9 out of 10 used missionary. And I'm like, guys. Oh, that's the worst part. If you're going to violate an oath, like. (laughs) Violate everything. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, with consent. Yeah. With consent, always. This is also a, a relationship of power, and so consent is a little nebulous, and it just shouldn't yeah. happen in general, but whatever. Before you do anything, make sure Karen actually horny. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it all kind of came to a head in 1971 when psychiatrist Martin Shepard became famous for his book, The Love Treatment, Sexual Intimacy Between Patients and Psychotherapists. Sounds like a lot of things are coming to a head. (laughs) Tell me about it. It just sounds like a Barry White album. (laughs) And in his book, he wrote, a sexual involvement can indeed be a useful part of the psychotherapeutic process. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Now, part of the problem with these relationships is because... 
evidence was hard to obtain and consent is implied typically by signing your informed consent documents to have therapy, which were not necessarily the norm in the time. Many of the victims of these types of treatments who wanted to seek legal recourse later did not have the opportunity, which is why if you are entering into therapy with someone and they do not have you sign an informed consent document, do not go to therapy with that person. <laughs> it is a very important part of the therapeutic process to acknowledge the relationship between therapist and client and the boundaries thereof and to get it in writing so that if that is ever violated, you do have legal recourse. Yeah. Just saying. And I'm sorry to hit this so much, but also never go to therapy. If her name is Karen, Karen Horny, Horny. <laughs> go see Karen help me. All right. That's the one that's useful. Right. And a lot of these cases didn't end up going anywhere because the therapist would claim that the sex was not only consensual, but medically indicated. Gross. Yes. Um, there at one point were so popular that there were actually multiple lawsuits. Most, most of them would make the news. A man named Dr. Renatus Hartogs, which is the weirdest Yikes. one since Karen Horney. Um, but he... His photo appeared on the front of the tabloids after his case, and so he had to basically walk around in a disguise. It's one of the few where the patient won the lawsuit. Hmm. I just imagine him in that uh, the glasses with the fake Groucho mustache. Fark. Yeah. Groucho <laughs> Fark? Groucho Farks. Sorry. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, because people be fucking. Mm hmm. Babies be getting born. Oh, no. Now, because even though there were blurred lines between clinician and client as far as sexual relationships went, um, children were still considered off limits because yeah. they're children. Yeah. 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 So often children were sent off to boarding school or they would have caretakers, but they would only see their parents for an hour to a day because they were encouraged, much like Colonia Dignidad, to not have relationships with their children apart from just a passing relationship. They wanted it to be a communal relationship. So children were raised communally. That's not good for your brain. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I you know. You can't treat parents like it's yard time. Everyone gets an hour in the prison in the in the in the parent yard. <laughs> you we, get hugs sometimes. Yeah. Your only options are hugs or lift weights. <laughs> I'll take the hugs. Uh, members were also encouraged to cut off literally all outside relationships. <sighs> Yikes! Including starting with all members were encouraged to cut off in this podcast. Oftentimes, a, a hard sentence to get yeah, through. Yeah, at best, it's relationships. At worst, it's your hang dangle. <laughs> um, Yikes. Yeah. Now, they were basically supposed to cut off all outside relationships, including family members, except if they needed money. They were oh. only what? allowed to go to people if they needed money. That's a bitch-ass rule. It is a real bitch-ass rule. By the 1970s, their quote-unquote utopian vision was... Not so utopian. It everyone was, has herpes. Yeah, everyone has herpes. There's kids everywhere. Um, People they, are begging for anything except the missionary. Yeah. Um, Karen, no longer horny. That's how long it's been. 
So not only had the non-monogamy become forced, but they were all encouraged to schedule sexual dates. So there was like a schedule, like a rotating oh, date no. schedule. I don't like that. Like a chore wheel? Like a chore wheel, but Why for pussy. Why would you make the funnest thing a chore? I know. Uh, and children were also set up on dates, but they were strictly non-sexual, where children were encouraged to talk and get to know other members of the community during their quote-unquote date time. And then as they became of age... They were supposed to fuck those people. I don't like it. That's not okay. No, no, that's that's really removing all of the joy and consent from sexual relationships. Just take them to a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. The horniest place on earth. (laughs) I mean, they've got a ball pit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, as it became more and more destructive, Newton and his wife split up. We don't know why. Huh. Weird. I, in the various articles I found, he has anywhere from two to four wives. Oh. I heard it's because she wanted to try uh, doggy style and he kicked her to the curb. <laughs> um, I I think what it probably is, is that legally he probably only married two people, but there was other... Like a uh, uh, poly- polygamy, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, where it's it's not necessarily legal for the other ones. Mm. Not sure. That's what the police call extra legal. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, so he replaced his first wife with a woman named Joan Harvey, who was an actress. Yeah, with a name like Yikes. Joan Harvey. And I mean, like, how many actors do we know? A million. Too many. How many of them are cool? four exactly yes uh joan not cool okay she was an she was annoying as hell basically (laughs) story Um, checks out so at her direction the sullivanians as as a group decide to take over a local theater see this is why start a theater company this is why actors should never try to direct (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to it God. So they try they try to take over and take a and sign a lease on a theater space, but the local theater troupe was like, nah, and they refused to vacate. So hundreds of the cult members flooded the theater and basically destroyed everything, resulting in three different arrests. They were now basically in a street war with a local community oh theater. For if okay, if you are in this theater group. For five seconds, they break the doors down, and for five seconds, your brain has to go. They came. Yeah, <laughs> so much they re- they really want to oh see God. our production of a streetcar named Desire. I have to say though, this version of West Side Story, <laughs> <laughs> fucking nuts, is so good. Theater yeah. troupe versus cult. I want to see that battle. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, one of the big fights broke out when somebody threw paint on the wall of their theater. There's debate as to whether or not it was an accident or if it was on purpose, but the paint is still there. Wow. There's actually, like, pictures of it and stuff. But basically, it just became an all-out neighborhood war between the cult and this tiny theater just because Joan wanted to put on plays at that theater. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. She's like the Yoko Ono of this cult. God. And it ruined the neighborhood's value, too. If you look in some of those uh, houses in the area, you can still see the holes from uh, Fly Away Yes Ands that just got, <laughs> just got lodged in their house. Uh, and it seemed like the war would continue for a long time until the Three Mile Island incident happened. Ruh-roh. Now, the Three Mile Island incident is basically a nuclear meltdown of reactor number two at the three mile island nuclear generating station in pennsylvania which is not too far from new york it's not too close but it's also not too far oh you mean like a genuine nuclear meltdown yes i thought uh, you were saying somebody in the theater group didn't get the role they wanted yeah, same. yeah it was joan um, no uh so it was on march 28th 1979 um, it's considered to be one of the most significant meltdowns in history, and it basically caused the United States to completely reevaluate the way that we house and store nuclear reactors. So, and part of it was, it was a lot of like human error where they had designed fail safes, but humans had de- designed them and they weren't necessarily perfect. And then the people who were manning the reactors didn't understand the alerts that they were getting, so they were forcing shutdowns on things that didn't need to be shut down. It was a whole big mess, but there was a huge worry that the contamination from the reactor meltdown was going to cause cancer and basically hurt people who were on the mainland. Um, Studies have shown since that no... For the most part, there's no difference in the rate of cancer there than there is anywhere else in the world. It's pretty standard. Okay. But Saul was not convinced. And so he took everyone to Orlando (laughs) for a few weeks to avoid what he believed to be the destruction of Manhattan. I also like that he thought it would just only be a couple weeks. Yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, two and a half weeks, they'll be fine. I'm taking you to the sexiest place on Earth. Disneyland, Florida. (laughs) Orlando. (laughs) So, they came back a couple weeks later. It's the town that's always wet. Oh. It's the sexiest town on Earth. Oh, Gator done. <laughs> so when they came back a couple weeks later, anyone... I'm so sorry. Real quick. Oral Lando. Oral Lando. <laughs> oh, God. I don't, it doesn't sound like there was a lot of oral going on. Or if there was, it wasn't reciprocated, which is the shittiest kind. Oh, oh no. That's annoying. Yeah. Um, now, when they came back like two, three weeks later, uh, Manhattan was fine, of course. And they basically blamed any of their followers that didn't go on the trip with them and basically mocked and made fun of them and shunned them when they got back. Or they were like, well, you didn't come with us. It was kind of like if you like went on vacation with a friend in school and then you came back to school and no one else got your inside jokes. It's that. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't even have to shun them. You just have to wear all at the same time, wear your trip t-shirts and then go, hey, Mackenzie, remember this? Pizzaville! (laughs) And then everyone's like, I don't fucking get it. (laughs) Now, that wasn't the only thing that changed when they came back. Things started to change drastically. They were all tan and shit. They were all tan and shit. 
But they also got super, super paranoid and started building on into new facilities, including the theater. Uh, And they demanded that a new room be built that was steel plated as far as like the walls were all steel plated so that Joan could edit her new film without the CIA interfering. (laughs) What is Joan smoking? I don't know, but don't you want some? This bitch is outside her mind. Yeah, she crazy. Uh, now if she's a, I mean, most people get paranoid like that when they get back from Florida. So I'm assuming it's just meth. <laughs> just meth. Yeah, accurate. Someone's face did get eaten. She, I smoked meth out of a gator skull. <laughs> oh God! I'm Joan Harvey. <laughs> she got all up in that crocodile. Um, now, oh, because both her and Saul thought that the CIA and the world was after them. Uh, they started basically intimidating their followers to keep them even closer than before. They basically have kind of a martyr complex now. Um, now, their therapists, even when treating outside patients, were then trying to get them in, and they were using basically fear tactics. So they were messing with people's recovery and stuff. Like, they're basically taking in patients and being like, if you don't join us, you'll die. I mean... They're they're following cult classic, which is take people who are vulnerable. Yeah. And they started to control the people inside. Now they wanted to control who had children and who they could have them with and how many. So it was basically like pre-eugenics to try and control who was actually reproducing. Boogenics. Boogenics. And at one point when a member tried to leave... Two men tracked him down into the subway where they dangled him over the tracks. Oh, my God. Threatening to kill him if he left the group. What the fuck? One of those men was Saul's son. And at that point, the movement kind of started to crumble. Yeah. Because obviously no one is down for that. They were like, I was in it when we were just fucking everyone. But now that you're trying to kill people, no thanks. Imagine being in that subway, though, and just overhearing the phrase, don't fuck with us. We're therapists. (laughs) So many of the people who left the group at that point um, basically alleged that the group had become bizarre and insular and that they were (laughs) controlling everybody inside. Um, yeah, before it was totally normal. We were just having street gang fights with a theater group. Right. <laughs> and just tons of missionary. Um, you know, normal. <laughs> normal. Um, but they claimed that the group was controlling their living arrangements, sexual practices and positions, uh, choices of professions, so basically what job you could have. Oh. Um, they controlled their hobbies, dictated what hobbies they could have. And they raised everybody's children and they required thrice weekly. So this is three times a week therapy sessions with a member of the institute because this is still couched in the idea that it's an institute. Um, and those three appointments were typically sexual in nature. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the 80s, two different people sued them for custody of their children. So hmm. basically what happened is they left the group and the group kept their kids. Yeah, you can't do that. In one case, they kidnapped a child back. Uh, and in other cases, they actually went to court. So Paul Sprecher was 
basically seeking custody of his five-year-old son from his former wife who was still in the group oh um, yeah he did win eventually good um yeah and the custody proceedings were closed to the public initially until the court basically completed the case um they found that she was a fit mother but they basically ruled that they couldn't determine the relevance of the therapy of the group they were in but that it probably was not suitable for raising a child. When you say fit mother, do you think they meant American fit or like British fit? Where they're like, I think she they is, meant British fit. <laughs> uh, we, the court, have decided that she is officially a MILF. Um, <laughs> um, but it was only a couple more years until 1991 when Newton died. And pretty much no one was down with continuing the cult. Yeah, good at that call. Point. How old was Newton at that point? Uh, let's see, 1991. He's probably in his 80s. Okay. He Gross. was old. He was old. He's still fucking? Yeah. <laughs> he took his ball and went to, went back home to the big home in the sky. That's where you're like, no one gets to play anymore. I'm taking it and going home. <laughs> I'm taking home. these balls and I'm going home. <laughs> All the balls. Now... A few different people had kind of taken control in the last days, some of whom are listed as his as his wife, maybe weren't, maybe were. Um, but one of them, Helen Fogarty, who was uh, 73 in 2009, so she's now 83. Sounds like a um, Fogarty to me. <laughs> um, she was apparently one of the leaders and counseled patients to sever ties with their families, controlled access to their children, and ordered them to have sex with both her and her husband. Uh, she recently, and by recently I mean 2009, so 10 years ago, uh, had her psychology license reinstated Damn. by the state of New York. No, uh-uh, Thanks, honey. Obama. It does say that she was once married to Saul Newton, although we don't know exactly when, um, and we don't know if this was a full-on legal marriage, and they reviewed her petition for reinstatement, and there was some debate as to whether or not she should be granted, because she had very clearly had a history of sleeping with her patients. Uh, yeah, but it was only missionary. Yeah, and... <laughs> And they placed her on two years probation and restored her license with the condition that she practice only under supervision. So they the like to watch, clearly. My and therapist oh needs a therapist? Well, most therapists are under supervision for their first 3,000 hours. Okay. Your therapist doesn't need a therapist. Your therapist needs a oh. babysitter. Yeah. But also therapists usually do also need therapists because yeah. it's a lot to carry everyone else's worries all the time. Yeah, you got to carry everyone's Also, load. that's not even... That's funny. <laughs> Come on. No, that's funny. Come on, Gladys. Jesus. Wait, what's her name? <laughs> Helen? Helen? I'm sorry. I'm just spouting old woman names. Yeah. Esther, get it together. <laughs> yeah, um, Florence. In 2015, she was... Basically quoted as saying that she had no more interest in practicing anymore. You mean no more interest in banging? <laughs> she just wanted to focus on being a grandmother. <laughs> you don't get to fuck your way into a cult and then just take time off to be a grandma. Oh my God. I mean, maybe you do and maybe I've been doing life all wrong. Just saying. Oh my God. That's weird, dude. Hey, everybody, Charles Manson here. Just want to let you know I'm taking some time off to be a real good grandmother. 
I've been thinking about it. It's a bitsy spider went up the water spout. <laughs> it's in my hair. <laughs> Wait, brain? It's in my brain? Brain. Which, by the, if you're in the Facebook group, please keep posting that that gif of Charles Manson with different songs oh, yeah. over it. Oh, I That's love it so favorite. much. My absolute favorite was the Dance Dance Revolution one. That was, yeah, that was so good. That was one of the so funniest good. things I've ever seen. I was just scream laughing in the bathroom at work. It was so yeah, funny. My grandkids like Dance Dance Revolution too. Take them down to old Chuck E. Cheese. I'm a good grandma. <laughs> just a dog shit person, but a great grandma. <laughs> So that is the Sullivanians. They, Yikes. you know, flew too close to the sun, I guess, as far as fucking goes. Yeah. They were just too into it. I just Dickerous flew way too close Yay! to the tits. Oh, my God. Dickerous flew cl- too close to the buns. Ah! No, because it was missionary. <laughs> too close to the cum? Oh, that's good. Anyway, yeah, so don't force people to not be monogamous. I mean, normally it's the other way around, right? Yeah, man, what the fuck? This is like the cult version. It's like, yeah, I think we're going to have an open relationship. Is that fine with you? And they're like, yeah, it's fine with me. It's totally fine. I love it. It's so great. (laughs) An open relationship could be good if both parties are willing and consenting and they're able to do that i personally could never do that i also cannot yeah no it's it's fully a thing of like if it's your thing and you both consent and everyone's on the same page cool good for you yeah but if somebody's forcing it on you in any position uh missionary or otherwise (laughs) yeah but i mean in a pool (laughs) oh god in a pool no um I, but I mean, like, if it's your partner or, for some reason, a third-party therapist who's just like, I think you guys should be open and then get in my opening. And <laughs> I think you guys should be open starting now. <laughs> Helen Horny. Karen <laughs> <laughs> um, is Karen Horny? I know, Karen, but everyone's, yeah. everyone is horny <laughs> in this story. It's just a bunch of horny people that later in life were like, I got to be a good grandma. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know I was horny, but now I'm married and it's Johnson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Have you ever been invited to an orgy? You went to art school. No, I wasn't invited to the orgies. Oh. I had too much sweetness about me. Mm. Fun fact. Our San Diego live show, somebody, one of my best friends and one of my mentors uh, told me that he was going to come to the San Diego live show and he could not wait. And then at the last second, he was like, hey, would you be mad if I missed it? I just got invited to this awesome orgy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I made a joke of like, aren't all orgies awesome? And he was like, well, it depends on the ones you go to. I mean, this one, this is the one. And I was like, how many fucking <laughs> orgies, orgies are you, you going, going to? to? <laughs> come on. Wow, called out. Yeah, I don't know who he is. But uh, yeah, so he legitimately didn't come to the live show because he was too busy uh, fucking in an orgy. I mean, to each their own, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I got invited one time via Facebook. Oh, God. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Facebook message or Facebook invite? Facebook message. Okay. Uh, from a dude. This is the creepiest shit, and I'm so glad I get to talk about it. Um, So I went to Ren Fair two years ago. Okay. Oh, this is... The perfect start of a story about an orgy. <laughs> because Ren Fair's amazing. And, and those people like to fuck. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I was not aware, but. At a Ren Fair, though, and this is my understanding, 
don't I mean I might be wrong, but isn't it called yield fuck pile? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, stick the mutton in my ass. It's Ooh. called dirty jousting. <laughs> <laughs> dirty jousting. Oh my fucking Christ. Oh god. Oh, it's called a lance. Hello. Um so I I The been... ye old flaming sword. <laughs> so I had I'd been to the Ren Fair and I posted pictures on Facebook because it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like it is a feast for the eyes. It is so great. I love Ren Fairs. I, I, I've i tried to go back every year since and have just not had the time, but I love a good Ren Fair. And it's the only place where you can be a smelly nerd and be like, no, this is time appropriate. I'm yeah. just really into also, the Also, they have amazing food. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's like the fair, but also Comic-Con. Yeah, I <laughs> it's fuck, the fucking best. I fuck hardcore with Ren Fairs and Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah, the yeah. shit. Straight up. I never wanted to go to Ren Fair because it's expensive and it, cheap. Yeah. But what happened was I got invited to be the chalk artist at a Ren Fair. There you go. I made five hundred dollars and go. got so many snacks. Yes. It was great. Oh yeah. So I had posted pictures of me all around Ren Fair and of all the people dressed as minotaurs and shit. Fucking great. <laughs> yes. And one of my coworkers at the time liked the photos because she was my coworker. She was mm-hmm. like, oh, Paige went to Ren Fair. And I did go with like two other coworkers, basically. Okay. So uh, she liked the photos. And then this guy was apparently her friend, like on Facebook. So he saw that she had liked photos of me at Ren Fair. Okay. And I do want to emphasize, I was not dressed up for Ren Fair. I was in like a t-shirt and jeans at Ren Fair. But he saw pictures of me messaged me and was like yo i like thick girls like you what's up so you went to rent fair are you poly and i was like what the what? fuck does that have to do with anything <laughs> those two things aren't that's not a thing and he was Ain't like nobody who go to run fair got just one lance let me tell you oh he basically was just like all the people that go to rent fair are poly and they like camp at the rent fair site and fuck each other after and i was like i did not know I was just visiting for the mead and the potato chips. Like, what? I don't know. This is the kind of guy who thinks lipstick parties are a thing. Well, so here's the thing. So I was like, no, have a boyfriend. Thanks, but no. And he was like, well, are you guys exclusive? And I was like, yes, it's what we've chosen. He was like, oh, so you can't handle being open? I'm like, who are you? Like, why Why are you still messaging me, you fucking crazy person? Like, it's a challenge. I, yeah, Yeah, what? like, oh, you can't take it? You can't handle it? I'm like, I can handle it fine. I've chosen not to. He's, he's pitching his dick like he's... He's trying to nag me onto his dick. He's pitching his dick like he's a carny at a carnival game. Where yeah, he's like, like, step right up. Listen up, big man. Heard you can't handle the dick, huh? Yeah, why don't you take this hammer? <laughs> Here's the thing. It's just like... Best orgasm gets this giant teddy bear, see? <laughs> Here's the thing about new dick, though. It's just like there are no guarantees. Of course not. Just why? Oh, why yeah. would you... You don't You want don't that. have it's... the guarantee of dick. You have the pursuit of happiness. That's the only thing guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, like, you have a guarantee that there's gonna be a dick but if you'll come it's like who knows yeah of course and also this is a complete stranger yeah this is wildly inappropriate 100 weird ass- assumption though. so he was like my friends and i are gonna have an orgy do you want to come and i was like no wait whoa, whoa, whoa. how did he spell come 
C-U-M. Of course he did. Of course he did. And I was like, no. B-Y-O-S. I'm, your own shrimp. I'm good on syphilis, thank you. Like, I'm fine. No, I don't. You're strangers. No, thank you. And he was like, well, fine. I'm going to Benihana. Out. And I was like, is this an orgy at a Benihana? <laughs> Please say yes. Because all the flat surfaces are hot. Like, this is not... <laughs> This is not conducive. Is he like flipping the used condoms into his hat? Oh, God. Like, what is going on? Everything's on fire, including all of my lady parts. Yeah, everything. Well, assuming it's a white orgy, there's a lot of hot, flat surfaces, if you know what I mean. Ooh. I then, I later found out that he had slept with a friend of a friend. Oh. And she could not vouch for the quality of his genitals and i was like didn't care wasn't interested and she was just like yeah but just so you know and I was bad like, mutton chop no thanks <laughs> oh my god i've never been invited to anything like that uh no one likes thick boys so they do we're just respectful <laughs> i'm just saying there That's are a lot fair. of people that like thick boys i'm right here yeah <laughs> yeah she's right I there understand. yeah yeah she's just not you know creeping into a stranger's dms and being like come have sex with me and more strangers that's such a weird pitch to have to put on somebody too i know is so i saved the messages at one point so i have screenshots if you want to read well half the time i'm being invited to a party i'm like okay so i'm just gonna have to like awkwardly stand in the corner next to the dip and just be like uh i really don't want to be here but at an orgy i have to awkwardly stand next to the Horner, and that's what they call <laughs> the horny and corner. Then, and then accidentally, or I just have to stand next to the dick and be like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, the horny corner. Yeah, in art school, people tried to pass me a, a like a, a pipe, like a marijuana pipe. Mm-hmm. I'm a narc. And <laughs> uh, narc. I did didn't you know, do a weed? I didn't do a weed because I didn't know how it worked and no one had explained it to me. So I think from that, everyone figured out that I wasn't into orgies. <laughs> Okay. I did Yikes. pose nude for photos though, and someone like tried to be like, "Yeah, you freaky," and I was like, "It's art. What?" <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Is if anyone has ever heard your voice before, they're like, the, the term "freak" would not be on the top list of uh, synonym or no uh, adjectives. Can you imagine? This is your horny voice. Okay. <laughs> Give me the D, all of the D. You're talking me out of our relationship. <laughs> of course I'm down for an orgy or two. I'll bring the oh salsa. My God. All right. Salsa? That's like the worst <laughs> orgy food. For my taco pocket. <laughs> what orgy? What horrible orgy are you planning? taco pocket Jesus. do you remember the taco i know pocket? i remember it just i still you're i can't get over the salsa part where like you're like welcome to andrea's orgy step one stick your hand in this bowl of jalapeno seeds <laughs> step two touch everyone <laughs> this orgy's on fire 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 the best part is you can't tell if it's a spicy finger or if it's syphilis. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. <laughs> That's what I call a ten finger surprise, baby. Ten finger surprise. <laughs> My lord. I'm putting all ten fingers up into something. We're into ten different people. 
Yeah, like like that story about someone putting their thumb in a pie, but it's people. Well, hey everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, we've got another live orgy coming up. Uh, <laughs> There's going to be cake. Go to uh, www.coldpodcastshow.com slash orgy. Um, <laughs> you can buy tickets. That's what we call our tickets. We've been a bad, bad podcast. <laughs> it's BYOS. Bring your own salsa. Uh, <laughs> and bring your own taco pocket. Yeah, it's live at the taco pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, uh, this has been a great episode. I'm so glad that we. It's really an orgy of comedy and learning, <laughs> truly. Uh, in this episode and every episode that we do from now on will be brought to you by our Patreon donors. <laughs> And we love you, marry us orgy style. <laughs> marry us orgy style. Yeah, all of us together. <laughs> oh, girl, I'm going to give you this matrimony. Mm. Matrimony. <laughs> I don't know if you can take the full thing, but I'm going to try. Mm, oh. Yeah, take that last name, girl. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> it's no. really long. This Torres McColtenberg. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, but all of this foolishness is brought to you by our Patreon donors. And one of the uh, rewards that you get at every level is a shout out on the podcast. So we're going to do some of those now. Yay. This first one goes out to K Steph. What's up, K Steph? Uh, you're my favorite rapper. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really cool name, honestly. It sounds like a really fun uh, nickname to have. Uh, this one goes out to Sarah Gracie. That sounds like some sort of awesome TV detective. Sarah Gracie? Yeah, Sarah Gracie. She's on the case. She is. <laughs> this one goes out to KWG, which I assume is the off-brand of the KGB. Oh, no. KWG is where they play Sarah Gracie on the case. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be UPN, and now it's KWG. Uh, we also have to thank Met, a.k.a. May Demess, which is their roller derby name. Ooh. Yeah. Get it, girl. Nice, nice. May Demess. I hope you fucking hit somebody really hard in a game where I don't understand how the scoring works, just for us. <laughs> Love you, baby. Next one is Liz Nalepa, a.k.a. Dr. Napalm, <laughs> <laughs> which is like... Almost as cool enough of a nickname for how cool Liz is. Liz is in our Facebook group and she is straight up legit. I love Liz. Awesome. She sent us a message to explain where it Why came from. Why it's Dr. Napalm. And it's because apparently her name is so hard to pronounce that some waspy kid called her that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, when I look at this, I'm like, yeah, Nalepa. But like, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Napalm. That sounds like a, a Sonic the Hedgehog villain. <laughs> That's the main it. antagonist of Sarah Gacy. <laughs> of Sarah Gacy is Dr. Napalm. Fridays on KWG. Keep being awesome, Liz. Uh, this one also goes out to your Facebook friend, Kristen. Everyone, just your Facebook friend. Yeah. Look at your friends list. Your, your Facebook, Facebook friend, friend, Kristen. So send Kristen a message and be like, thanks for the cult stuff. <laughs> They'll know what it means. No explanation. <laughs> Just how we like it. 
they'll, they'll turn into a regular Sarah Gacy. Hey, hey. okay. All right. Uh, yeah. If you want to learn more about our Patreon rewards, which include at every level uh, a bonus episode every other week of our new show, The Speculation Zone, a shout out, and a lot of fun bonus content in general, then you can go to patreon.com slash podcast, or you can go to cultpodcastshow.com and click on any of the Patreon buttons that are all over the page. Also, if you want to, uh, if you want to send me an invite to your orgy, um, I don't really want to go. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I'll come, If you want to book me to perform stand up at your orgy, <laughs> please book all of us. That would be so. And fun. I'll just do a lot. I'll just do a lot of crowd work, which I guess is also ball work. Anybody here on Tinder? <laughs> and everyone raises their dicks. This gives a whole new meaning to a tight five. <laughs> hey, I just got back from another orgy, and boy, are my arms tired. tired. And covered in cum. <laughs> so you guys hear about this airplane food? Uh, yeah, if you want to book me for your orgy, you can do so at uh, Mondo Does Stuff, uh, which is on Instagram and Twitter, or you can find all of my show dates, uh, every you know orgy that I'm performing at in this next month at MondoDoesStuff.com. <laughs> Uh, I do not want to go to your orgy, but I do want to hear about it. Yeah. Please yes. send me all of your orgy stories at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. Uh, oh, Are they storgies? Storgies. Please send me your storgies. Uh, I will see this comes out on the second. Yeah. So tomorrow night I will be on the roast battle pre-show at the comedy store. If you want to see me tell some jokes oh, before yeah. I get Trey's married. There you go. Mm -hmm. Also, following that show is an orgy, so get there early and get there horny. Yeah, and it's at the comedy store, so bring wipes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Everything's covered in juices and cocaine. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like. The spirit of the 80s never dies. (laughs) Never. (laughs) And there are many ghosts there. Uh, Hey, guys, if you want to send me. The weirdest thing that's ever happened to you at a therapist's office. <laughs> oh, no. I, HIPAA? Oh, I but if it happened to you, that's it's true. your you experience. Can your you can share it. Yeah, for sure. I had a therapist fall asleep yes. okay. while I was talking to him. I wanted to say this, but I didn't want yeah. to be the one to share it. So yeah. if you've ever had a therapist fall asleep on you while you're crying... Hit me up, baby. What's, Therapy is hard. What's worse, having a therapist fall asleep on you or having a therapist want to be in you? Definitely the latter. I would definitely take, like, because when I see a sleepy therapist, I'm like, oh, man, they're working hard. But He's like, also, like, 75. Okay, that makes even more sense. Yeah. My when, insurance is bad. Yeah, but when somebody's just like, you know, I think the next part, the next phase of our therapy, I think if we're going to work on goals and interventions, uh, I'm going to need to be, um, like, the technical term would be up in those guts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I feel like then I'd be like, I need to leave, but I already paid like $100 to be here, so... Uh, so next we're going to try something, and it is a little bit experimental, but I'd like you to stay with me. Just follow the soothing sounds as my voice as I put on this calming tape. Was that supposed to be Pony by Genuine? Let's do it. 
That's <laughs> oh my. Rodin. And then he pauses it. Freud. My therapist. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, because it really is. What's worse, uh, not being into you enough or being way too into you? I don't know. I feel like instead of Pony, I want them to play what I was playing via my computer about two minutes oh, yeah. ago. <laughs> Juicy by Doja Cat. <laughs> yeah, I want. I want a therapist who's into Doja Cat. Hell yeah. It's a hot track. Get on it. Uh, but yeah, if you want to send me those sweet stories, uh, send them to me at Sundress Comic or check out my non-orgy related art at AndreaGazetta.com. Some of it is very sexual in content. Like that pineapple one. Yeah. <laughs> there is a sexy pineapple. Get into it. <laughs> or don't. It's spiky and it could hurt. Oh, also, real quick, uh, if you are listening this week, Armando and I will be in Palm Springs this Friday, oh, September yeah. 6th for the Gateway Show. Hooray. We will. Uh, the Gateway Show is a really fun time where we each do eight minutes of stand-up comedy and then we all get super baked and we try and do it again. Uh, me and our buddy Billy Anderson put it on. Uh, and it's going to be a really fun time. And I really hope to see you there. Unless you're a fucking narc. In which case, stay at an orgy, bro. I don't want you. <laughs> and if you want to send us uh, the best song to fuck a therapist to. Um, oh, God. It's Dr. Feelgood. Why are you using <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Kind of a doctor feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. So jump on it like a pony and send that over to at Colt Podcast on Instagram. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email to Colt Podcast Show at gmail.com. Or send us your handwritten orgy stories oh pictures from orgies polaroids mm. whatever you got no polaroids yes. no polaroids no pictures i feel like any polaroid of an yeah uh, maybe any polaroid of an orgy definitely has bushes in the way <laughs> one way or another uh, it's either sneaky bushes or way too close to actual bushes uh yeah i'm gonna say send us condoms to 3756 west avenue 40 sweet k number 237 like the The shining los angeles california 90065 we're gonna have to throw them away i mean maybe i'm not (laughs) using the condoms they send us water balloon fight all right condoms have you ever used a, a condom in a water balloon fight? Yes. They're made not, not to break. You I just know. get hit in the fucking face with a condom by your fucking baseball player cousin. We got in a Greek neighborhood wide one in college oh where it was God. like us versus the Phi Gamma Deltas. And when they hit you because we were using lubricated condoms... They were really oh, hard to God. hold. They were the free ones from the dorm. Uh, they were impossible to hold on to because they're covered in lube. But then also when they hit you, they leave like a splort of lube. Yeah. Oh, it's God. The worst. It, you no. just get wet and none of it's water. That's <laughs> yeah, the worst it's part. real gross. This is the one time this sentence is applicable, but don't use a condom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, And I think I'm going to say don't drink anything anyone hands you at an orgy. (laughs) Yeah. Do drink the mead at at Renaissance Fairs. It's delicious. Uh, Here's a cup of eggnog. Oh, and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye.
Can I use the ranch at an orgy? Oh, <laughs> no. Don't use any white sauce. No Alfredo, <laughs> no tartar, no nothing. 